0: Welcome to a Moment of Bach bonus episode. This is Christian here from the future. What we're releasing here is some more of the Alex Santamaria interview that we decided to move to this bonus episode because it goes into some greater technical detail. But I don't want you to be scared off by that either because I can explain what's happening here and what we're going to talk about and what you're going to hear in the next 15 minutes of conversation. First of all, after the performance of the minuets, we talk a little bit about the ornamentation that Alec used on the viola, which is a common thing you do the second time you play something. We go on to talk about how in Minuet Two in G minor, there's a very interesting note, maybe not what you might expect. We're expecting the note E flat to come at a certain time. Instead, it comes as an E natural. we discuss that, and we get into a little bit of music theory in terms of key signatures. And so while key signatures would normally be the instructions to the performer of what notes to play, sometimes things such as an E-flat instead of an E-natural, or an E-natural instead of an E-flat, need to be written into the music. This case is particularly interesting, which we will get into in the discussion. It's mainly about how sometimes the key signature you see on the page doesn't always match what you expect to hear, largely due to holdovers from the past. And that's what we're talking about when we start talking about modes. When you hear us talk about modes, we're talking about the old church modes, the system of harmony even before Bach's time. By the time of Bach, music was in either major keys or minor keys, so that's something to remember as we talk about this technical stuff. Then we get into a little bit about how bass players play that famous G major prelude and other parts of this suite and so we have to talk about the way the strings are organized on the viola or cello versus the bass, which is quite different. The viola has the same sounding strings as the cello but is higher, but the bass is not like that. Its strings are organized very differently, we get into that a little bit. And what you're hearing in that later part of this interview is Alec reacting to how different the piece looks being played by the hand on a bass rather than a viola and we'll also play some of the Netherland's Box Society recording of that famous G major prelude as we go.
1: All right. Yeah.
0: yeah. I love the ornamentation on the second time through. It's yeah. so cool. Thanks. It's great. Did you devise that yourself or does that
2: Yeah. Just like um, definitely on on minuet two. Um, I even have it have it, have uh, most of that written out. But I've I've played it that way for a little bit, and it was uh, one of my teachers a long time ago who gave me the da 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 on great. the minuet one. So yeah, and um, and in one instance my finger just slipped, and I think it worked. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. did too, it's
0: unintended. Uh, I have to ask about this E natural ornamentation. Oh, that's cool! Oh, yeah. So fresh, <laughs> like it's so mm, modern mm. sounding.
2: Yeah, I mean, is or, it or is, is it, it because like, or is it like very old sounding? Because like, yeah, because
0: this is a modal key signature. This this key signature is missing the E flat. Yeah.
2: So and it, and it's it, it's in it's in parentheses is like a little warning courtesy. because mm. um, because it is played right e flat, E flat. You know, you flatten, or I mean, that would be consistent with uh, with how it was played. You know, a couple measures ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I have heard it both ways, but um,
0: yeah, it seems like one of those things is probably debated.
2: Exactly, exactly. Because
0: the it doesn't really lead up to the note that it would be going up to which would be the f sharp in the octave that it's in it's true but yeah. it's acceptable to have that that harmonic or sorry melodic major uh oh, yeah. melodic, melodic minor, minor. <laughs> excuse yeah. me it's acceptable for it to go down sometimes it usually goes up when those notes are raised it usually goes up but those notes sometimes go down and it's fine yeah i mean when he when he breaks rules like that it's it's always a little bit more fascinating and yeah, it could I mean, be that that's not right. It could be that that's not the, since we, like you mentioned, we don't really have those manuscripts and maybe that's wrong, but it's kind of an, it's an interesting conundrum.
2: And the, and the rules, of course, were only devised like after Bach, you know, yeah. wrote this stuff. So.
0: We talked a lot about the rules of this time period. Yeah. And I, and I hope that when we say that we've been clear enough to say like, it's not like the Bach had a rule book in front of him mm-hmm. and then he would check it. Not mm-hmm. that he would even need to, cause he knew He knew everything, but like, mm-hmm. It's not like he had a rule book like a, a treatise which there were treatises but it's not like he had one and he was checking okay well i'm gonna make sure i don't break any of these rules like that's not how it was it, it was a style yeah and some stuff ho- holding over from the past like this key signature this key signature is one flat in the key signature when, when the key suggests a more modern signature of two flats mm-hmm. but it was a holdover from the old days of older key but signatures that almost makes me think that that's intentional Mm-hmm. Yeah. That E natural yeah. because a lot of times when they would use those old key signatures that didn't have enough flats in them, like there were one missing one flat mm. or one natural note or whatever, then it was a little more m- modal. Yeah, it was like a Dorian key signature. Yeah, so.
2: Right. So, okay, one f- one flat um That would give us a, a G Dorian.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard that called the Dorian key sing- old key signature. In that it harkens back to the old mode of dorian and it's like a holdover because they they were sometimes using key signatures that had that sixth degree flatted and sometimes they just weren't yet Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of music in d minor that has um that's written with not with no flat in the key signature like all natural Mm. so um and a, a lot of the b's are just a lot of the b flats just have to be written in sometimes all of them and it's like well why didn't they just use the key signature but it was a holdover from the past. Yeah, so,
2: Dorian is just like, that, that one really held on.
0: So. Yeah, it did. It's so interesting to think about like old harmony like this because they all clearly agreed that they wanted to use the new system of major and minor. But there was still, you know, the modes didn't truly die because now they people like to use them again for all kinds of stuff. And they were always alive in folk music and stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's really interesting. I yeah. love stuff like that.
2: You talked about, like, a, a Phrygian uh, cadence in, in Brandenburg. Ah, uh, yeah.
0: So. so, yeah, the old ideas and terminologies that that were from those old days of, like, the, the early or middle or late Renaissance, they definitely held over, and um, they still use terminology like that, even though by the time of Bach, the keys that things could be in had to be major or minor, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. basically. I mean, there's no... Um, music by any of Bach's contemporaries that's like in the phrygian mode mm-hmm. yeah. if if there was a passage of music that sounded phrygian it was a chord in a minor key that just wasn't the home chord yet you know yeah. if there was a passage that sounded mixolydian it was probably just a very extended Uh, dominant chord in a major key or something like that yeah so they're still thinking of modes but but like you said like major and minor is what stuck and that's i think because of functionality like you could do more with the functions of the chords when you just had the two major and minor modes rather than Mm -hmm. all these other modes there's less there's less obvious functionality to the chords Mm -hmm. and to the harmony that's happening and the composers of this era wanted way stronger functionality you mentioned alec one time at the it was at the end of the prelude where we talked about two of those notes the c want to go down to the b and the f sharp want to go up to the g those are leading to, those are tendency tones or leading tones and it's the music of this era and specifically has that a lot stronger than the music of the renaissance for instance and and it went on to, to greatly serve the purpose of composers later like mozart Be- beethoven and and beyond because what it was especially good for is like narrative like it's it was good for storytelling, because it was good for like we said when Alec was playing the prelude, it was good for prolonging and stretching stuff, and that that's something that the Romantic composers with a capital R Romantic really took and made you know hours long things out of just mm-hmm. this idea of how long can you emotionally stretch something with music using harmony. Yeah. bass players play this too
2: yes bass players absolutely play this uh, and
0: and their strings are differently uh, ordered and yeah so that's, so that's a different gonna, thing
2: that's gonna really change the the game because they can't uh well they can of course you know <laughs> arpeggiating the strings is going to be different it's not they tune in in fourths so their open strings would sound more like um the, as opposed to there's smaller intervals so to play this this fifth i'm only playing i'm only putting one finger down on the fingerboard to play these three different notes right but a bass player if they were starting on their open g string would still would have to put down like one finger for the g or for the d above it and then another finger for for the for the sixth above that.
0: I'm trying to think of how I played this prelude on electric bass for a recital when I was an undergraduate, and yeah, you you, you detuned it right, or you changed the tuning. Did I? Maybe not. I think I just put. I you did. I think I just put a finger on the low G on the E string, then the open D, and then another finger like way up here for the the B. Um, or
2: because the thing is like, the the bass's open G string, I think is an octave lower below the, the the cellos. Or I I don't know if that's if that's true now. But so the <laughs> bass
0: is the bass's open G string sounds an octave lower than the cellos' lowest G, right?
2: I think. Oh no, I... it's the
0: same. It's the sounds the same as the cellos. So it's, it sounds the same as the cellos' G. Yeah, because okay. if you think about it, right, this cello's G is on the bass staff on the low line, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The bass one is above that, but it sounds an octave lower. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, look, he's got his electric bass There's here. Bass. What are the chances of that? I don't have an amp, though. <laughs> oh! <laughs> it hasn't been adjusted in years. So I went like, it's way ho- it's way more awkward, but I probably did this.
2: That, or did you play it an octave up? Because like, isn't? I think you could played been... it low.
0: That would have been less. Oh yeah,
2: yeah. That's yeah. That is too. That is too high.
0: Um. Probably did this. It feels weird. Uh. Now, but it, I'm so out of practice. But then no. Or did you play it in a different key? That that's also a thing. I played it in a different key. Hmm, that's... No.
2: No. did no, and then there's, and then there's a. <laughs> what do? A, do? <laughs> yeah, so.
0: You played in D. So you played it in D. Then you have an open string.
2: But bassists also have a thing. They have like solo tuning, which, like, I'm sure if there are bassists listening, they're like, no, it's this? Yeah. But like, I don't. I think it's like a. I think it's like a step up, so like which rings out better. But I don't. Oh, interesting. So. So I think I just. I don't played know if it. they figure it differently, but I think it even will then sound different.
0: I think I just played it as it is, but it's just n- it just does not have the ringing out quality that it was intended to have. Like, I'll have to get off the low note.
2: Yeah. So then. There's the limitations of the fingerboard like that's a much more complicated handshape than what I'm doing here on the viola. I just have one finger on.
0: Right. This is like, it's there's just two, the spaces between half steps are just too big, and yeah. it'd be even bigger on an on an upright bass. Right. But all the stuff in from D is great.
2: Oh, there we all go. All on the one that's Great, that's awesome. You're shredding there. And then you find that chord, yeah. That's a big...
0: Oh. I don't know how I... I don't remember how I did it.
2: Then I lose the ringing. ringing of
0: it. I think you had it figured out so you... Yeah. They rang.
2: Well, I mean, so on an electric, you have frets. Um, so that'll give you the yeah. the kind of ringiness, pinginess. Bach on the bass. That's a blast from the past right there. Yeah. <laughs>
0: That's great, I'm glad that we talked about this one, it's perfect.